When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What they know about them Texas boys. You're listening to the most dangerous show in Texas. Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn. Wherever you are, however you may be listening, it is now Fight Night. Welcome to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com. I'm your host, Eddie Cross. You can find me on Twitter at Eddie Experience, one E in the middle. And joining me as always, he plays Art the Clown in the new horror film, Terrifier 2, Mr. Jordan Wahlberger. Jordan, that is a terrifying turn you took. Eddie, I, I don't even know if I should dignify a response for you. I don't even know. I'm like, I'm not sure like if that's something that's um, good, it's bad. I, I don't, I'm just going to ignore you. I'm going to move on. Guys, if you want to well, follow us. Well, it's a movie called The Terrifier. Follow us and at there's a Fight clown. Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. You can follow me at Nonstop MMA. Uh, Eddie already announced how you can follow him. Eddie, it is great to see you. It's, it's great to be seen. It's great to talk fights. And finally, we have some meaningful UFC fights. Quite possibly, and we'll get to it later, but quite possibly the best UFC event of the year is happening this Saturday afternoon, Abu Dhabi, UFC 280. And I dare you, Eddie, I'm going to give you time. I dare you to tell me oh, that there's a better event this year than what we're going to get doesn't it feel like at it's UFC been 280 ever since there's been a since there's been a pay-per-view yes it feels like like three months was it was pay-per-view. it uh was it Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson is that that was 279 I guess 279 yeah golly and then that before like that was ago. Usman and Edwards at 278 in Utah so yeah it has been a while yeah it's it's ridiculous um how you take a little bit away from us and we like start to complain and then, but before that, we're complaining that it's every week and it's nonstop. Well, no, it's it's definitely not nonstop. We've we've had weeks. That, I mean, the the events that we had this week, you can just you yeah, can just been skip week those. events, and there've been weeks off. Yeah, so it feels like forever since there's been something big, and now it's huge. It's ginormous. It can't get much bigger. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. I, I'm very excited, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, Eddie. It is episode three ninety seven right here on the horn. 397 times I've had to look at you in the eyes, Eddie, and talk to you about fights and, and ask you how you're doing. How are you doing? I'm going to say it's been about 350 because you take a lot of weeks off. That's you're, true. You're jet set around true. the country. I got to fill in and, you know, but we got to do something big for 400. Like maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Can we finally I'll get probably to be around? Can we finally we get to probably do it around? Nope. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Come on. We could do it like Christmas time. We'll do it, and uh, and I will uh, maybe I'll be there. Christmas time. Yeah, that's, that's, I'm, I'm gonna take some vacation between then. So by about uh, by about 400, I'll be done with my vacations. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be 2023 by 400. Yeah. Well, what have you been up to, Eddie? I got some news for you. But news. tell me, tell me, and that's not news. Just things that I've been up to. But talk to me. What have you been up to? Well, speaking of movies, I saw that new movie Amsterdam on Friday night. How was it? I ignored the Rotten Tomatoes ratings of like 34. They were right. 
I mean, it was interesting, but it was all over the place, man. Like, it was written by people on, uh, on Speed. I, I'm not even going to try to explain it. A lot of actors. No, don't explain it, because I want to see it, but a lot of actors, right? A lot of actors. And the, the plot is interesting. I just didn't, didn't feel like they put it together well. But then Saturday, once the Iowa State game, where you uh, try to describe my seats to everyone listening. Did anyone go see you, Eddie? Uh, no, no. At the 25-yard no line, no five cares. rows back on the visitor sideline? No one cares about me. Also, no they one came can't, and said hi. Also, they probably can't see me behind that really tall guy that sits in front of me. Well, you are very short. He's like 6'7", though. Well, Eddie's very yeah. short and very bald. So if you that's, haven't that's, that's seen true. him, look for him. I'll be wearing a hat. Yeah, they retired Big Bertha, the largest uh, bass drum in the world, on her uh, centennial. So that's pretty cool. And they replaced her with Big Bertha 2, an even larger bass drum. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty interesting to band geeks like me. And then, of course, as you know, and it probably eats you up, the Astros advanced to their sixth championship series in six years. And this one doesn't bother you. Austin FC advanced in their first ever playoff game. Well, it's exciting that the Austin FC does. Yeah, you know, I, I hate the Astros. I definitely hate them. Uh, I would have definitely, definitely cheering for, uh, for the Mariners, right? I mean, Ken Griffey Jr., Ichiro. I mean, those are people of our, of our childhood, Eddie. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, Ichiro's I love that long ago. Well, I mean, he was, I mean, but he was around forever. Okay, give you that one. Yeah, I did love Ken Griffey. Did love Ken Griffey. But no, they, they got to go. Yeah, uh, and I didn't, I didn't appreciate their classless, uh, you know, tweet that they put up about the sweep. That was, uh, that was rude. Uh, it was a sweep. It was also the, was it the longest playoff game or tied for the longest playoff game in history? 18 innings? That was ridiculous. Know, that's crazy. I was, that trying was to, I was trying to watch other stuff, Astros, and this game just kept going and going. They played two full games that night. I'll tell you, you know what really hurt? Is that when I saw the Dodgers going out? Uh, well, that's how I was getting to that. Uh, Aaron Hogan, right here from the Horn, he tweeted that, and I don't think I knew this, that uh, that the Astros gave up some measly minor leaguers to the Dodgers for a prospect named Jordan Alvarez. Oh, uh, your daddy, he's the man. Hey, did you see? I don't. I think it was the L.A. Kings. They were doing a, like a, a fan lookalike of like people. I guess like in the Dodgers, like who who in the crowd looks like Dodgers. Oh, I think. And I then when this. they put up uh, Altuve. They put up a trash can. Yeah. And you know what happened next? The Dodgers got eliminated. The Dodgers did get eliminated. That was, that was, that was disappointing. That I'm was, not saying I mean, there's causal, causality there, but you know, well, it, was, happens, it was the, the Kings. Happens. Eddie, well, I was in your town, your favorite town, town, Chicago. Is there I was a in Chicago of you over by the, the weekend. Bean? Ah, there is pictures of me by the bean. There's pictures of me under the bean, by Why the bean. Why haven't you sent it uh, to us to put, send it to me to put on Instagram? Well, because I'm with my whole family, and my family, you know, my family doesn't want to be seen by you. I can put happy faces uh, over so, them. There you go. Well, I mean, I, I did go to the happier bean. than their faces actually look being with you. I took an architecture tour uh, during the week on one of the uh, on, on the one of the boats on the Chicago River. That was very. I, I toured Wrigley. I I know that uh, most people hate. It feels like most people hate the Bears and what they're doing right now. Uh, just that the Bears are are just they're not good. They're more sad. Everyone else is sad for us. We hate what's just going sad. on. Just sad. But yeah, yeah they're, they're, yeah, they're just sad. About but Soldier like Field is still pretty to look at. You know, you check out the columns at Soldier Field. People, people are very excited to get rid of Soldier Field. Yeah, I am. They don't like it. They, they, they were talking about where the parking is for Soldier Field and how far away it is. Oh, it's a you know, interesting. You got to walk, but you get it to, is, see, you get to see the town. You get to see the city as you walk through the park. So that's kind of cool. That's true. A lot of walking. Lot, I ate some Garrett's popcorn. Uh, I ate some, I got some Al's beef, which was great. You know, it, overall, Dude, it was a great time. No deep dish? Oh, yeah, we had some deep dish. We went oh, to La Briolas okay. Okay. And, uh, and had deep dish, and we went to Frontera Grill as well. So, overall, just a great time. It was my parents' 80th birthday we celebrated. Both of them turned 80 this year. Wow. So, my brothers, their spouses, so Marlon and I, we all went. 
and had a great time in Chicago. That's amazing. Congratulations to them. Gary and Judy, congratulations. And tomorrow, Eddie, tomorrow my is uh, is my daughter's birthday, Lydia's birthday. So happy birthday. Oh, happy Lydia birthday, Lydia. Well. So, Sorry so your very dad exciting. is uh, your dad. Yeah, well, and she loves it. What'd you get her? Uh, Eddie, let me... You get her, um, you get her pony? Well, we already got our tickets to see Harry uh, Harry Styles. That happened already. Uh-huh. Uh, but she's getting some clothes and some other things, so it'll be exciting. You're not getting her a pony for that whole like compound backyard you've got? We we will not be getting a pony for, for anybody. Uh, you got a ranch back there. Come on. We have ponies next door. Uh, Eddie, let's talk fights. UFC Fight Night 212. Before we get to that, though, I, I do want to tell you the story. I'm, I'm not sure if you saw what was happening in the parking lot. I did not. Of the UFC Apex. I was... Uh... I was at the UT game. Yes. So I didn't see most of this. So I had to go back and try and watch it on ESPN Plus on Sunday. So well, I, didn't, I didn't get all that uh, interesting stuff that happened live. Well, from about 12 a.m. till about 12, I guess, I guess it would have only been about 12 hours, uh, maybe a little bit longer. But in the UFC parking lot, Steve-O from Jackass fame, Steve-O was suspended above the ground 100 feet in his Tesla. What? And, uh, and the only reason I say this is because my father-in-law, Eddie, my father-in-law owns a crane operating business. And middle of the week, he got a phone call from Steve-O saying, hey, we want to do this. And, and they're like, he's like, well, let's, let's start talking about it. And did not seem very well organized. That it's just kind of, hey, we want to do this. And like, have you thought about this? No. Have you got this structured, like figured out? No. Do you have some beams to hold the Tesla up? No. And, uh, and so he said, well, let's, let's figure those things out and let's come back to it. It's like, that's what uh, we're sure calling enough, you, father-in-law. Well, come on. He doesn't, he is not going to weld, you know, so, uh, a platform for the car and he's not going to build that out. Uh, but he ended up, he ended up doing it. So he was just, his job was to unknown, unknown. Uh, hold it up and, uh, and take it. And so Steve-O was there outside the UFC apex then went into the UFC afterwards. He called Dana White and said, Hey, can I do this stunt in your uh, in your parking lot and then bring some fans or bring some people over to the fight afterwards. And, and so I think some people won some tickets to the fight to Steve-O's show. Uh, overall, you know, fun time. So he just sat in his car for 12 hours. He sat in his car in his Tesla. He came out, took some pictures. Uh, he just, you know, he did a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting things. I mean, so in, in a Tesla especially, right? So he had Wi-Fi. That, yeah, so Wi-Fi, he's probably watching Netflix the whole time. He had yeah. a bed built out in there. So pretty easy. It sounds like he's trying to go for some David Blaine stuff, but this is way too easy. Also, yeah. Was there a crane operator for 12 hours? It was my father-in-law. He was there. I was just saying, well, he was there the whole 12 hours. He was there the whole 12 hours. That's the person we should be talking about. But we should. He's, my father-in-law is fantastic. He's a great person. Yeah, but it sounds like he had more of an endurance test than Steve-O. Probably. He, he did not get to sleep yeah, on, the, a, uh, on a cushion in there. Yeah, the test is much more comfortable than that crane. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Crane cab. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. I, I agree, but it was uh, so. I think that's just a, a fun side note, Eddie. That you're not going to get anywhere else. No, no one else no is one talking else. about the crane operator that suspended Steve-O above UFC headquarters. Be sure you put that in the podcast notes when you type this up. There we go. I will. Uh, we'll take care of it. Some so, all right, there. let's get to it, Eddie. Uh, Alexa Grasso defeats Vivian Arujo by unanimous decision. Blanks are on one scorecard, four-one on close. the others. Wasn't close. Uh, overall, I mean, this is a great step forward, obviously, for Alexa Grasso, someone who, you know, is very highly touted as, as a Mexican fighter that would be a great female Mexican fighter that could really rally behind the UFC. And, and she had some early losses, unfortunately, but this is a great win for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there was some doubt as to whether or not she could handle moving up in weight when she um, realized she couldn't really handle cutting the straw weight anymore. But she's had a couple good wins now, and... 
Maybe what? Maybe one win away from a title shot. Yeah, it sounded like after the fight, she had said that maybe she'd like to be one fight away, one, one more fight away. She was ranked fifth prior to the fight going into it. Uh, above her, I mean, but the thing that's going for her, right, is that above her you have Caitlin Chikagian, Talia Santos, Lauren Murphy, Jessica Andrade. I think those are all people right now who They're have people. fought the champion. Yes. Already fought Valentina Shevchenko. So if you look at it that way, right, I mean, she could probably jump into that fight right now. I think there's some fights this weekend that we could, uh, you know, that a winner of a fight uh, in, in on the main card, mm-hmm. the winners could match up against each other. That could be something that they do. Or they could, uh, if they wanted to, uh, Manon Furo. She's uh, fighting Caitlin Chikagian this yeah, weekend. That's um, what I was referring to. Just her being, just her being French. If she gets a big win, like beating Chikagian, who's highly ranked, you know that could be something the UFC would be salivating over putting her on a card in France. Yeah, that that would be a big deal. So it all de- kind of depends. Uh, yeah, so I think that would be really interesting. Uh, so uh, Alexa Grasso now, she's got wins. She had a slip up against Carlos Sparza. That was back in 2019. Uh, she's now won, you know, Gian Kim, Macy Barber, Joanne Wood, and now Vivian Arujo. Uh, so she does have a loss to Tatiana Suarez. I mean, Tatiana Suarez, man, she's the one that's kind of lingering over this t- over this division. Who? What is like the great? She's like Jordan Shipley like a few years back. The great what if, right? Like what if she was healthy? What would that do? What would that change in the division? Uh, but Alexa Grasso, you know, you, you got to be uh, happy for her, right? To kind of finally figure it out and get it together. Someone who came in so highly touted. What did you think? What do, what do you think about, uh, you know, her? And, and you mentioned she's probably one away. Do you think, is that the right move? Take one more fight before, you know, you, you fight someone like Valentina Shevchenko. I think if she thinks she needs one more fight, then she definitely needs one more fight. Because you don't want it to become a mental thing where you think you're rushed and you're not ready for it. Especially when you're fighting someone like Shevchenko. Yeah. So if yeah, if she thinks she needs it, she definitely needs it. Uh, in the co-main event, you had we we talked about this, right? Cub Swanson moving down to bantamweight, and what was weird? I don't know if you saw this. Did you see earlier in the week when Cub Swanson on, on media day he refused to talk to the media and had one of his teammates just be his mouthpiece? So he just kind of sat there. He sat there yeah. silent. He didn't say anything, and he let his teammate really say everything for him. Not really sure what kind of was going on. And, I and think I some know. people called him his uh, anger translator. I still like don't realize why Cub is doing that. I mean, was he tired of talking about the weight cut and moving down to 135 pounds? Uh, I don't know if that... Or did the weight cut actually affect him and he just was tired? Did it really make him mad? Was he really angry? Angry, tired. Um, I don't know. It's it's really weird. And the way the fight went, it doesn't look, doesn't look any better for him. Yeah, I mean, to lose in the second round the way that he did to Jonathan Martinez, who, you know, and I talked about this last week. First, I don't love Cub cutting down, right? I don't love him cutting down to 135 right. pounds at this point in his career. Um, so that's just the one thing. The second thing I, I would say is that, uh, you know, I want to see Cub Swanson fighting guys that are on the way out, right? I don't want people making a name off of Cub Swanson, which is, I feel like, what we did here. But at the same time, he didn't look bad. And you know, do we really know how he's going to look at 135? I don't think this tells us much just because of the way it ended. But I think he's still got a chance at 135. Not Probably not for the title, but to at least look good. Does he have a chance? I mean, how much longer is he going to be in the UFC, right? I mean, you go That's back to, to 2017. 37, 38? He's not young, so he is 38 years old. Uh, but, you know, he did, he did win his last fight against Darren Elkins. He lost before that to Giga Chikatse. Uh, two wins over Pineda and Cron Gracie, but before that he had four losses in a row. Uh, yes, it's just it's just kind of tough 
right? What, what's going yeah. on. And like, you could see him going somewhere else. Could he see him going to PFL? I, would, no, I don't want to go to PFC. I'm not wishing that on him. I'm not no, putting that no. bad juju on him. But is there a place, um, you know, where he could go? Could he go to PFL? End of the tournament. He could go to PFL. Could he yeah. go to Bellator, you know? Uh, either of those would be great options. Do we know how much time he has left on his contract? That I don't know. I'm not sure exactly where his contract is. It hurts to say, but I think Killer Cub's time in the UFC is, come to, uh, is coming to an end. Or it's coming to an end, right? I mean, if, if it's yeah. not there yet. So. Not there yet, but coming. A uh, w- couple other things I would just mention. Uh, Rafael Asuncao turning back the clock, getting a uh, decision victory over Victor Henry. But how about Alonzo Menafield? Did you see that oh, knockout? I mean, yeah. just putting down Misha Serkinov. That was, I, I don't like to say rough, but that was rough. It, it was rough. And you know, the sad thing is it wasn't even the knockout of the week. But that was a hell of a KO. All right. And then I think the last thing you have to mention, I think the Mike Jackson, the Mike Jackson experience has got to be over. Dana White was probably salivating uh, when Mike Jackson got KO'd. uh, And the way that he did, right? Just like, I mean, it was was like a murder scene, a murder scene in in the octagon on uh, on Saturday night. You got to think that the UFC is is not going to give him another chance. They don't like him in the first place. And, you know, they're going to be done. It's surprising that they didn't just cut him in the first place. They can do that whenever they want to. But it's almost like, you know, did was Dana trying to prove a point by keeping him on and getting him blasted like this? Maybe he wanted. He was waiting for this to happen, waiting for somebody yeah. to be able to do this to him. It's like, just for embarrassing me, I'm going to basically unalive Murder you. you. Just trying to be nice. But yeah. I think I saw Monday that he, he tweeted, like, the, the doctor was like, or his dentist was like, I've not seen a fracture like this before. Wait, worse than Mr. Cyborg? Ooh. That was, I mean, that's a, that's a skull fracture, not a yeah. jaw fracture. Oh, it's jaw fracture. Okay. Uh, yeah. A little different when you have a, when you have a hole in your head. Yeah. Uh, all like right. Humpty Dumpty. Let's jump in, Eddie. You are, we talked earlier, you are the boxing guy. So there was a lot of boxing. There was the quote, Clarissa Shields. We had Devin Haney. We had uh, Deontay Wilder, Caleb Plant, a lot going on. Walk me through. What do I need to know as far as what happened in boxing over the weekend? There was a lot going on, man. I got home from the UT game just in time to see the last round of Alicia Baumgartner uh, getting a split decision over Michaela Meyer, Mayer for the unified uh, super featherweight title. And so I can't really give, a, uh, give an opinion on how that one went. But from what I heard, the judges mostly got it right. And there was some bad blood between these ladies. I saw at the, uh, the face-off, they were kind of getting into it. But the fight itself didn't live up to kind of expectations you think when people have that kind of bad blood but Shields and Marshall man they were throwing leather from the from the opening bell and it lasted all 10 rounds man they did not let up that was a fun fight it can be fight of the year easily it was a great fight to top off probably the biggest night in women's boxing Uh, Marshall said that Shields wasn't as fast as she thought I'm like well that's probably a good thing for you the way your face looks right now but Shields also took home the ceremonial Elizabethan belt. You know, WBC likes to make, they like to make those special belts. Oh, that's right. That's right. They were creating the Elizabethan belt to honor the late Queen Elizabeth. Yes. So that is coming home to the U.S. to add insult to injury. Yeah. So before we jump on, right, mm-hmm. just Clarissa Shields, right? Like, does she come back? To, should she come back? And I, I don't know if she mentioned anything, but should she come back and, and fight? In MMA still, or I mean, does she just need to? Hey, let's just stick with boxing. Well, it's a, it's kind of a 50-50. She's the first person in history, man or woman, to become undisputed in three different weight classes. She has won all four slash five belts in three 
separate weight classes. So what else is there? Do you just, do you just keep going up? How many people are, uh, how many women are there above 160? You know, do you keep going, do you go down again? There are some bigger names down there, but how far do you go? You can't go that far. And, you know, MMA is just a completely different challenge. But I would love to see her do it. But PFL, what, they have 155, and that's only because of Kayla Harrison. I don't know if she can cut down all the way to 145. Fight, uh, and she, well, if she does that, she could fight uh, Aspen Ladd. Yeah. So it remains to be seen. But I, I would love to see her back in the cage. But I think now that they're getting more money in women's boxing, she might just stick with that. Because that was the main reason she, she was switching over to MMA. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, I will tell you, I was walking down the streets in Chicago, and I looked at a bar, and I saw Sounds on like the beginning of a country Plus, song. I saw Devin Haney fighting Cambosis. Cambo- this was a much, like, it's what I've heard, right? This was a much more, like, definitive win, right? He just, he dominated. Yeah, Cambosis was completely outclassed when they fought for the first time this summer. And it looks like he tried to change up some things for this rematch, which maybe should have taken a few fights in between instead of going for the immediate rematch. But he came out kind of bouncing around like he was Dominic Cruz or Frankie Edgar. And it looked like, you know, he was kind of doing his thing. But as the uh, commentators would tell you, it looked kind of seemed a little more robotic, like he was kind of uh, almost like steps to a dance. So once Haney was able to figure out the steps that he was going through, he was able to kind of time out his shots. And let me tell you, uh, he beat Kembosis worse than he did the first time. And just completely outclassed in his home country twice in the same year. That's got to hurt, man. Yeah. That's got to hurt. I mean, and now he's free, right? David Haney can go kind of where he wants to go and fight who he wants to fight. I think he may or, I think he's got one more fight left with, uh, was it PBC? Or t- I, I, no, I think it was top rank. I think he's got like one more fight left there. So it remains to be seen where that's going to go. I uh, hope maybe Lobachenko. That'd be a fun one. But right. but then well, to end the, the night. Yeah, let's go there. To end the night, man, we had some hellacious knockouts. Um, Deontay Wilder in the first round just knocked out actually his friend Robert Hellenius with uh, just before the end of the first round. And it didn't look like much of a punch. It's almost like the Muhammad Ali phantom punch. But if you listen to it and well, you can probably find the video on Twitter. It was on our Instagram story for a little while. But the way he hit him sounded like a leg kick to the thigh. You know how you just get that meaty slap? And Hellenius was out immediately, just stiff as a board. Pretty but ugly at the same time. So what's next? What, what does Wilder do next then? He's likely going to be facing Andy Ruiz next, probably early next year. Uh, but obviously, he's open to facing Anthony Joshua or, or Alexander Usyk for the uh, unified titles. Obviously, of course, I'd who, love who to. Wouldn't want to yeah, do that. I'd love to see him take uh, take the Bridgeweight belt because he came in at only 214 pounds for this fight. You know, when he fought Fury, he was up in like 230s, 240s. So he came in this one only 214, and you see, he can still knock out someone that weighs like 250, like Hellenius did. So to see him like drop to Bridgeweight and take that belt just to just to have world title in a second weight class, that'd be a cool point of history. But neither him or Usyk said, said they were interested in fighting at Bridgerweight. And Usyk is only about 220. So, but at least if they end up fighting, it'll be more of an even match as opposed to a literal giant like Tyson Fury. Yeah. And in the yeah, and there was events, a main event, though. Yeah, Caleb Plant fought, right? Oh, co- man. 
There was some bad blood in this one, too. Caleb Plant KO'd Anthony Durrell in a uh, super middleweight eliminator. And it was a pretty one-two left hook to the body, left hook to the jaw. And he kind of moved himself up the pecking order for another shot at Canelo, maybe at super middleweight, or to face maybe Triple G or Jamel Charlo at middleweight. So, yeah, that was uh, two hellacious knockouts on the night there. For Caleb Plant and Deontay Wilder. Well, cool, man. That's uh, that's a lot going on, right, with boxing. A lot going on with the UFC. It was. Good thing I'm Eddie, single. A lot, lot going on in the lives of us, which is exciting as well. So, guys, that is UFC boxing. Guys, you're listening to Fight Night right here on 104.9 The Horn. Hornfm.com. We will be right back. It's What's Up With That. Woke up this morning and I got out of bed. Had a big old cup of coffee to clear my head. Been home for a while and that's where I'm at. But we can still jam on What's Up With That. Ooh-wee. What's up with that? What's up with that? Ooh-wee. What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? Welcome back to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn, 101.9 AM 1260, The Horn app, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Eddie, that's Jordan, and we've both got that big Dick Cheney energy. Jordan, did you see SNL Saturday? You know, I haven't watched it yet. I told you I I was in Chicago. I didn't get a chance to watch it. I have it on uh, recorded, so I will. I will watch it soon. Let me tell you, it is worth going back to watch. I mean, the girl talk sketch, uh, the STEM classroom, the, uh, the women's charity. It was, it was a good time. I actually liked this one, and I was surprised. Megan Thee Stallion talks a little fast, but other than that, you know, I'm from Houston. I understand. I do the same thing. But now, Jordan, going back a couple weeks, you had a theory as to why the UFC had the apex shut down for Mark Zuckerberg, and it turns out, you might have been pretty uh, on the nose. What's up with that? Yeah, so I don't know exactly if I was right yet because we didn't see like they did anything in there. But uh, the UFC announced last week that they had partnered with Meta, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, to provide a, uh, a VR experience for fights. And they tested it out last week on LFA 144. I don't know if you saw it, right? There was some footage of what it actually looked like when you saw it in VR, and it actually looks really cool. Like you were there, right there, right next to the cage, uh, kind of follows your eyes so you can see where you are. Uh, I'm kind of excited to see what's going to happen, right? It seems like right now it's only for Fight Pass subscribers, uh, but we'll see. And, and right now it's only for the MetaQuest Pro headset. So not even my like my my Quest will work. So that's, that's a little frustrating. We'll see what happens. I, I, I want to watch it. I think that might be something that's pretty cool. So pretty cool. I'm, I'm excited for it. It will be really cool, it sounds like, and uh, once, and especially if they figure that out, and then they do it to other sports too. I oh, mean, this, we're in the future, Jordan. We are in the future. Um, the UFC made changes to their code of conduct policy on Monday. Tell me what's up with that. Yeah, so on Monday, the, the UFC sent a note out to all fighters uh, prohibiting them from betting on UFC fights. So it says that- Any fights? It says any of them. So not even just like their own fights. Uh, it came from their chief business officer, Hunter Campbell. Uh, he said that it bars members of fighters, teams, and certain others from betting. Uh, and though it's not sure, I'm not sure how they will police that, right? How they're going to be able to follow that. And, and I'm not sure if it says like 
families and athletes or training teams, but uh, we'll see what happens. And they said that they got feedback from some of their um, state legislators and, and other people, and it sounds like it might be the best idea for them. Obviously, we want to make sure that they're not throwing fights, and um, but it's interesting. A lot of like a lot of UFC guys have been getting into like giving picks or talking about picks or, or betting on it, and so it's interesting to see how this will happen. And I guarantee you someone's going to get caught just because they're dumb enough to tweet out that they made a bunch of money by betting on something. That's probably going to how the first person is going to get caught. All right, Jordan, former PFL and World Series of Fighting champion Lance Palmer is done with the PFL, his home. What's yeah, and, and it seems like he is happy to be done, right? There, we knew there were some issues with Lance Palmer and the PFL prior he to the last couple of years. Yeah, right, like when COVID started, because like they weren't they weren't paying him enough. He felt, and he wasn't fighting, and he couldn't go fight. Remember, they let Kayla Harrison go fight somewhere else. They didn't let her, so he is done. He's he's won the he he actually has won the PFL tournament twice, so he's won the million dollars twice. Uh, he is 35 years old, so we'll see what happens there, kind of what's next for him. But he's interested in looking at Bellator, at UFC. He wants to talk to both of them, so we'll see what happens. I guarantee I know where he won't be going, and that's bare knuckle because he is mostly a lay-and-pray wrestler. Yes, that would be kind of so, rough yeah. for him. All right, Jordan. Now, that one makes sense, but this one doesn't, and it's giving me a little headache just thinking about it. Um, the UFC announced that they have signed Hezbollah to a contract to fight. Fight who? Yeah, What's well, up with that? so Hasbullah Magomedov, the 19-year-old, he is signed to fight in the UFC. He's actually, I think, going to be in the corner this week uh, of, of Islam Makachev. And I think you're going to be able to buy his uh, his fight gear as well. Uh, okay, UFC, as Dana White was asked about this as well. Like, what? And he said, because he said he's going to fight, right? And Dana White said, look, what he's exactly is going to do is not a hundred percent true or certain, and so not exactly sure. Well, there's been rumors, right, that the UFC is thinking about bringing in slap fighting into their uh, into their brand. So maybe maybe Hasbula is going to, and I don't remember who the, the the other person that he gets in that arguments with, but maybe he will be slap fighting with some people. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, that that other guy, his size, that he's got beef with on social media. I think the I think he's like a singer. Or so, I don't. Yeah, this. Reeks of exploitation. And if you saw House of the Dragon this past Sunday, where they had little kids fighting in the pit, that's kind of what that sounds like. And it's just bad idea all around. So stop it, uh, UFC. All right, Jordan. Um, Tito Ortiz is making a comeback. Tell me about this one. Well, I, I was hoping you were going to say. Speaking of exploitation, uh, Tito Ortiz. I was trying to figure out a way to there you big go hits in there. Yeah. So Tito Ortiz last week on the Adam Carolla show, he announced that he is fighting Chael Sonnen in early February at something that is called Freedom Fight Night. My guess is it's in Florida. I don't know where it's going to be, uh, but uh, we'll see. It's, it's the United Fight, excuse me, it's, it's the Freedom Fight League, and uh, we haven't, I haven't heard actually Chael confirm it yet, but kind of interesting. We'll see what happens. Uh, is that a fight that you need to see though, Eddie? It is not, but if it was on the top of the Bellator card, I would definitely be into it, but as that as to be the only reason to check out this fight card? No. You know, I would say that this is not only a fight that I don't have to see, it's probably a fight I won't see. I don't even know if I would bother uh, fighting an illegal stream. Yes. Well, you shouldn't, right, you shouldn't do that either way. So yeah, I won't bother because I'm an upstanding citizen. All right. Let me hit you with some new fights and we'll get out of here. We've got uh, Sergey Pavlovich versus Tai Tuavasa. Fun fight to get him back in there. Nico Price is fighting Phil Rowe. All right, now we got some good ones, Eddie. Light heavyweight Alexander Gustafsson versus Ovint St. Preux. What? Magomed Ankalov versus Jan Blahovitz. 
You got light heavyweight champion Yuri Prohaska versus Glover yeah, Teixeira, the rematch. Guy. This is December 10th. Not the main event, though. The UFC is still trying to get John Jones on that fight card fighting for a heavyweight title. Uh, on January 14th, you got Raquel Pennington versus Ketlin Vieira. And then you got over in the PFL, Aspen Ladd wasting no time getting that fight. You got Aspen Ladd versus Julia Budd. Uh, that's happening November 25th. Guys, that's, that is what's up with that. That is new fights. You're listening to Fight Night right here on 104.9 The Horn hornfm.com and we will be right back until next time what's up with that what's up with that Welcome back to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com. That's Eddie. I'm Jordan. You are listening to Fight Night right here. Follow us Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Eddie, the number 20 Texas Longhorns travel north of the Red River this week to take on the number 11 Oklahoma State this Saturday at 2.30. Pre-game begins right here on 104.9 The Horn starting at 10.30 a.m., Post game to follow. Eddie, I can't imagine. You're not going to be there, right? You're not going up to Oklahoma State. I am State. not going to Oklahoma, no. All right, well, not. that would have been fun. I, I'm going to be trying to figure out how to watch that game, plus UFC 280. All right, well, that's exciting. Well, well, we'll figure it out. Uh, Eddie, I might be at the Fright Fest at, uh, at Six Flags in San Antonio. The what? The, like the, the haunted houses and stuff like that. They still do that? Yes, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until UFC 280 is over to leave. UFC 280, I told you, Eddie. Have you, have you, you thought about it? Have you figured it out? Is there a better card this year than UFC 280? I, I'm going to say no. Okay. Easy answer. There we go. Main event, you got Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makachev. Eddie, I play the champ is here, but there is no champ. There's no champ right now at 155 pounds. There's a champ, and his name is Charles Oliveira. Well, I mean, he, he deserves to be, but he is actually not the current champion because he did miss weight. Hopefully, he makes and weight again. He did technically miss weight. Hopefully, he hey. makes weight this time, Hopefully though, Eddie. people stop playing with the scales. The man was off by, like, a fraction of a pound, and only because the scale that he had before said he was fine. Then people started messing with it, changing it from kilograms to pounds, and things get messed up, and all of a sudden... Chucky Olives has no belt. Yeah, he lost his belt right there. It's, it's terrible when you lose your belt on the scale. Uh, but, Eddie, this is going to be great. This is, this is Sambo versus Jiu-Jitsu. This is the, could be the crowning moment for Islam Makachev in Abu Dhabi. The UFC is bringing him where he is. You know, he's under the tutelage of the former UFC lightweight champion, Habib Nurmagomedov. And, and this could be the moment in Abu Dhabi uh, where he is crowned the champion, where he realizes his potential at you know at, at becoming the next champion at the lightweight division. Yeah, what'll be interesting to me is to see one if he can go five rounds, and two if his stand up is actually as good as it's been perceived to be, or if people were just so wary of his wrestling that they wouldn't let go. You know, they were so busy they had their hands a little further down to stop any sh- any shots. So maybe his punches were landing a little more often. Meanwhile, Charles Oliveira isn't afraid to go to the ground with anybody. So you take him to the ground at your own peril. 
Yeah, that's so, the thing, right? Is that yeah, will Makachev's stand up against Oliveira be as good as it has been before? Now that he's facing someone that's not scared to go to the ground. That's what's interesting, right? But what's what's it's, it's we're gonna see, right? Like Charles Oliveira recently, he's been taking and eating shots, right? He's been resilient, but he's had to take a few shots in order to give a few shots. And so we're going to see if he's going to be able to weather that storm against someone like Islam and, and, and come back and, and get that win. Um, but and you're right. Those people that he was taking shots from, you know, they're like the best of the best, you know, Michael Chandler, um, Dustin Poirier. I mean, those guys have great stand-up. He has. You so know. is Makachev that level? We'll, we'll find out. We're, we are going to find out, right? And, and like you mentioned, Oliveira is not afraid at all to do this fight, to go to his back, to to compete, to to fight from his back. He's not worried about that. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. Oliveira is on an 11-fight winning streak. Makachev is on a 10-fight winning streak of his own. But, honestly, he doesn't have the most impressive names. He's got wins over Bobby Green, Dan Hooker, Thiago Moises. Uh, the win over Armas Arukian, that actually looks like one of his better wins when you look back at it now. Um but this this moment, right? I mean, it, he could have had a great one if he had beat, if he had fought Benil Dariush. That would have been a good win for him. But you know, obviously Charles Oliveira, we've counted him out over and over again. And Eddie, I know that both of you, we both picked that Charles Oliveira, excuse me, that Islam Makachev would be the champion at the end of the year. Yeah. But what if that I'm doesn't happen? A waiver on that man. What if Oliveira I'm wins? A waiver. It's highly possible. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. And that's weird to say after saying like making that pick, but I mean the dude just keeps coming back. He's got the best jujitsu in the division. His stand up is so much better than it was. He's shown he can take a shot and come back. I mean you got to put him away to win this fight. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Eddie. So let's talk about what this means, though. What actually does this mean if Charles Oliveira gets this win? If he beats Islam Makachev, is he the greatest lightweight? Of all time. UFC lightweight. Come on, man. Well. No, I mean, obviously, the, 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 Khabib, only right? other, the only other person that we, we would talk about is Khabib. There's no one else. I mean, we're, we're saying it's, it's. Now, are we talking just talent or are we talking championship record? I mean, maybe not as a champion only, but UFC lightweight in general. Now, Khabib is 13-0. 13-0. And you would say that if he in did. The in the UFC. Uh, but but the people that he won to get there, right? He won the title over Ally Quinta. Then he beat Conor McGregor. He beat Dustin Poirier. He beat Justin Gaethje. He does have wins over Edson Barbosa, Michael Johnson, Rafael Dos Anjos. But you look at Charles Oliveira, right? He will be, I think he'll be 15-3-1 at that time if he does beat Islam Makhachev. He would have wins over Islam, over Gaethje, over Poirier, over Chandler, over Ferguson, over Kevin Lee. Uh, over Jim Miller. He does have three losses in the division. But I don't know, man. You could say that like he could be the greatest lightweight with a win, especially with the, if he, the way that he wins and if he could beat over a guy like Islam Makhachev, who is supposed to be, hey, the next Khabib. I'd say definitely the, one of the best uh, lightweight records. Now, now whether or not he's, you can still put him over someone like a prime BJ Penn, that's, that's a tough argument. But that's why we're here. For stupid arguments like that. Well, I, I think it's great it, and fun. It's going to be a great fight. It's going to be a fun fight. And, and that's just like the beginning. That, that caps off the night. Before that, you got Aljamain Sterling versus TJ Dillashaw. Uh, 
Dillashaw's coming off of wins over uh, Piotr Jan and Sam. I mean, just going back all the way back to Marlon Moraes, that, that loss that he had. Uh, TJ Dillashaw never lost his belt. Uh, he came back. He defeated Corey Sanhagen in, I guess that you could say, a controversial win. Uh, and I know Aljo is the favorite here, but I definitely see a path for victory for TJ. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this, this one isn't going all five. Yeah, I, I could yeah. totally agree with you. Yeah, and this one might be the most exciting fight of the night just because there's a little bad blood. Um, there's a bunch of fans that don't like either one of these guys. And it's just going to be like, you know, one of those old school wrestling matches where the rare times you get the villain against the villain, the bad guy against the bad guy. Although, uh, yeah, Aljamain Sterling's not a bad guy, but there are those people. Yeah, no, but I told This could be fight of the night. But then you say that one could be fight of the night, but then you go right before that, Peter Yan and Sean O'Malley, are you kidding me? I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, that's a great fight, which we know if, if Sean O'Malley wins this fight, he's getting a title shot here. Oh, he's jumping straight up to the and, top. And there's a path for victory for Sean O'Malley, right? We haven't seen exactly, you know, I, I know he's not a favorite here, but there's a path to victory for Sean O'Malley where he could come in, he could win this fight, he could get a title shot, and now we're going to see Sean O'Malley versus the winner, right, of TJ Dillashaw versus Aljamain Sterling. And sorry, Cheeto Vera. Sorry, Marab Dvalishvili. But Sean O'Malley's getting a title shot here if he wins. Yeah, especially if he's able to keep Peter Young on the outside. I mean... The height difference. How tall is O'Malley? Ooh, there is there is a height. I don't know. There is a height difference though. Uh, yeah, it's um, he it's is five eleven. Piotr Jan. Yeah, so five seven to yeah. five eleven to five seven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's a big difference when it comes to fighting. And if he's able to keep Peter Jan on the outside, Sean O'Malley could just piece him up. Yeah, it, it, now, styles make fights, and this could be yeah. made to a very fun fight. So. Yeah, these just these top three, as a fight fan, you got to be giddy. And all you can do is knock on wood and hope that the MMA gods don't take any of them from us. Well, I, I hate to tell you, Eddie, but, like, you keep going, right? You say, uh, you, you know, Benil Dariush. Now, it's not the name. He is still, you know, a highly ranked guy. Where You tell me where Benil is ranked. But he is on a seven-fight win streak. Tony Ferguson, uh, Carlos Diego Fajeda, Scott Holtzman, Jokar Close, Frank Camacho, Drew Dober, Tiago Moises. Uh, he's fighting Matus Gamrot. Uh, Gamrot is... You know, 21 and one, right? He has a win over Armin Sarukian. That was a great win. These are, these are other guys. I mean, where where is where's Benil ranked? He is number six. He is number Gamera six. Is number nine. I mean, he, he could easily move his way up that division. I mean, that's that's not crazy to think like Benil Dariush, who was supposed to fight Islam earlier this year, he had to pull out. That's a great fight. Uh, I know that we have Caitlin Shukagian versus Menon Firo. We mentioned that, but then you got Sean Brady. Sean Brady versus. Uh, Bilal Muhammad. Bilal Muhammad stepping up. Nobody wants to fight Sean, o Sean Brady. Sean Brady is a terrible matchup for the division. He's 15-0. Just beat Michael Chiesa before that, Jake Matthews. Uh, I know Bilal Muhammad. I don't think he's fought, you know, he, since he fought last in, in April this year. He has a win over Vicente Luque. That's a big win for him. This is a very meaningful fight as well. Like, over and over. You got, I mean, Volkan Ozdemir. He's fighting on the prelims. That's crazy against Nikita Krylov on the prelims. Are you kidding me? Uh, and one thing that I think is uh, interesting and, and a sleeper, uh, not, not the fight in general, but the guy, Muhammad Mukhaev. He's a guy, young, really talented. I, I really like that fight as well. So, oh, oh I oh. thought you were going to say uh, Abu Bakar Namagomedov. Abu Bakar Namagomedov, also. That's a fun one. So, 
A lot of great fights, a lot of great, I mean, I, I told my brother this weekend, I said, hey, this is, a, this is a fight. You want to buy a fight, buy a fight. This is the one to watch. Yeah, and um, I don't think, you know, you know what, I'm just going to say it. I don't think there's any way you could have let him wrong yeah. on this one. Uh, all right, Eddie, just real quick. There's also a one on Prime on Friday night. John Lineker promised to KO. He will be his first title defense. There's no boxing, uh, but we do know Silva versus Paul. $59.99, that's coming in a week or so. Uh, we got uh, Lomachenko, Katie Taylor. Those are all happening in the near future. But, Eddie, stay tuned. You got Sports Guys Talking Wrestling coming up next. Stu Myrick, Justin Simmons. We are proud to be the MMA show of Texas. Tell your friends. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. Follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Keep safe. Be nice to each other. Stay positive and love your life. And if we ever didn't thank you, let us do it now. Happy trails to you till we meet again.